Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast, where we create conversation and community among real people about everyday issues. This is a place for you to hear truth, connect with others, and find answers to your questions. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Talk. We are wrapping up an entire month on the topic of missions and evangelism. And just as Jesus turned water into wine, uh, today we have saved the best for last. And we have uh, with us Hayes Wade and Bob Wilson. How'd you guys like that intro right there? That's pretty good. That was a lot better than what I get at home. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, we are, we're glad to have you guys, uh, sincerely, to have you here on the show. And uh uh, when I thought about uh, this topic and what we would do, you were the first two that came to my mind. And I just want to tell you that I have such respect for you guys, uh, not only in the way that you lead your families, uh, but also how you have leveraged your careers uh, to impact um, both here locally and globally, you know, using uh, your careers in God's work. So thank you guys for what you do. And I uh, want to start off uh, with Hayes. Uh, let me give just a little background. I know that you have an MBA in international business. Mm-hmm. And then I think also read that you have a doctorate in strategy and innovation. Is that right? Yep. Yep. That's right. And so why don't you just take a few minutes and just give us a little background of your family, your career path, yeah. and uh, then any other life experiences that have shaped you for, for who you are today. Yeah, sure. So uh, family, been married for 17 years to my wife, Sarah Lauren. Uh, I think she literally could run for mayor. Everybody knows her. And got two boys, uh, Dixon, 14, and Harris, 9. Yeah, um, yeah education-wise, I mean, I just studied the things I have a lot of interest in. So business, economics, uh, international business, and mm-hmm. strategy and innovation. So yeah. um, those are those are good topics, neat topics for me. So just things I, I dove into. And as far as, you know, what kind of motivated me to get into um, missions, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things, just, there's a huge need out there and, and I do what I do, what God called me to do. I'm just a business guy, but you know, anytime, whether it's in the community, I get a chance to share, you know, what God's done in my life. I like to do that. And if that, there's a way I can open avenues for people anywhere to, to do that same thing more easily then I'm all for uh, trying to apply whatever I can to, to help them with their goals. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. And Bob, you're a family medicine doctor in Springdale, Arkansas, right? I think you graduated from the University of Arkansas. Uh, was that uh, UAMS or was that in Fayetteville? Yeah, medical school in Little Rock. Okay, that's right. And you were at Mississippi State. I forgot to say that. Yeah, right? a lot of different schools, but, well, but hell state. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, family background, a little bit about your career path, and then uh, anything in your life that has shaped you for today? Yeah. Um, so my wife is Misty, uh, and we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary this summer. And we have two kids, Wade and Allie Jane, and they are both students at Washtenaw Baptist University. And that's where Misty and I went to school and where we met. And uh, I went to uh, medical school, at, uh, like you said, in Little Rock after that. And then we did residency, and we moved we moved uh, to this area in 2003 and have been active members of First Baptist Rogers ever since then. And uh, yeah, I'm a family doctor um, in the area. And and uh, yeah, just the question about what's kind of shaped us. And I know our, our talk today is on is on uh, how your vocation factors into into mission and 
And, uh, you know, my mission in some way kind of influenced my choice of, of my vocation. Uh, I started out a, a business major in, in college, uh, mainly because it was the practical thing to do. And it was, it was a secure thing. It was uh, going to lead to uh, just a safe place, a safe place to be in life. And, and no offense, Hayes, but uh, <laughs> I got into my business classes and I hated it. <laughs> and it was boring and I couldn't see myself doing this the rest of my life. And honestly, it was really because I really had the wrong motivation in doing that. And I wasn't really coming from a super materialistic place, I don't think, but I was just coming from a selfish place and just what's just the, the safe thing to do and, and that kind of thing. And, and God kind of really got a hold of me probably my sophomore year of college and, and, and showed me how to reevaluate my motivations in life and, and my career path. And, you know, I had a lot of, I had actually had a lot of friends who were going into the ministry and I, I I, I, at times, I kind of ask myself and God as a Christian, am I not supposed to do that, to, to go into, into full-time ministry? And, and through lots of conversations, you know, I, 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 with God and with professors and friends and family, it um, kind of showed me, no, you can, you can, you know, serve him through whatever you do, but, but let's let him influence what you do. And, and eventually I came back around to what do I like to do? What do I enjoy? What am I good at? And what can I be used in? And it c- kind of came to, to medicine in, in, in different ways. And, and uh, so really did feel like God kind of influenced that decision and, and me being able to use my career, wanting to, to have a career that I mm-hmm. – not. and I, I know a whole lot of businessmen, including my idol Hayes here, who, who use business to do that. But um, God had me use medicine to do that. That's awesome. And I'm going to continue with you, Bob. You're already touching on it a little bit, but uh, when exactly um, did you first get uh, involved in missions, maybe your first mission trip or when you were exposed to it? And then uh, when was it that God gave you a bigger vision for what he's doing around the world? Well, and you want me to keep this short, huh? (laughs) Um, my first mission trip, I think, was uh, in high school. I was mm-hmm. probably around 17 years old, mm-hmm. and our youth group in high school um, went to a uh, real, very, very poor uh, community, uh, parish in South Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And that was back in the days where I think churches were just kind of getting into the short-term mission trip thing. Yeah. Um, and our church had never been on one before, um, but uh, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the a- aspects of it was my, my youth minister was very intentional about preparation, not just practically, but in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I remember vividly that many years ago, just a lot of times getting together in, in groups for prayer for this trip and, and for what was going to happen. And, and, uh, you know, that we got on that trip and I saw prayers answered in mm-hmm. ways that I hadn't before. And none of it was you know, worthy to make a movie about miracles or something like that. But it was just seeing just so many ways this trip came together that the Lord um, just worked and and opened my eyes in so many ways. I don't think I'd ever been exposed to that degree of poverty before. Yeah. And honestly, even though it's in the States, it was a different culture that I got exposed to. And just seeing, I think, God's heart for people who aren't like me and who mm-hmm. who who, who uh, um are coming from different situations in every way. And, and, uh, yeah, after that, um, kind of went off to college and again, went to a Christian school, Mm -hmm. 
that was very intentional in so many ways about living your life on mission, but also about international missions. And I took a few religion classes, but even in my in my non-religion classes, just it was, it just was influenced by that in so many ways. I had a lot of a lot of missionary kids were going to school with me and met some a lot of international students and saw some of those make decisions for Christ while I was in school and and uh, um, had uh, friends who were going to school to be a missionary and who, who ended up doing that and I uh, got to go on my first international mission trip to Australia as a college student mm-hmm. and kind of finally got opened up to other nations and and uh, uh, and and just it really got solidified during those college years how the Lord has a mission to reach the nations mm-hmm. and how he wants to use us to do that. And just that Acts 1-8 um, kind of vision really just got instilled in me. And, and in, in college more than anywhere else, just all those experiences. And, and you know, uh, and that just has gotten expanded on coming to church here. And, and you know, I, actually one of the reasons, truly one of the main reasons we came to church here was just recognizing that this church's emphasis yeah. on on missions and going and supporting and yeah. and all those things and and we had a lot of other choices on where to come to church but that was a major thing on why we came here and and, and we've been on many trips here short term and 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 befriended missionaries and 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 uh um through all the another major thing is the global impact celebrations um that, that, we, that, that our church has done is it's been some of the most memorable experiences uh, at this church over the years for mm-hmm. me and have kind of revived my own personal spiritual life during those times and mm. and um anyway i'll stop That's there good. yeah and it's it's uh, events like that and and experiences that really help you to see that god's at work everywhere um, you know, that's one thing that I tell young people uh, on all the different trips that I've gone on. I found two things, Coca-Cola. Everywhere I've gone, I found Coca-Cola there, even in the furthest reaches in, in yeah. Africa. Uh, and then I, I find God at work. Yeah. He, he's at work everywhere. And it's just awe-inspiring to see that. Um, Hayes, I want to ask you the same question. Question: When did you get involved in missions? Was it when you were younger, when you were older? And then uh, also, how was it or when was it that God kind of showed you kind of a bigger vision of what he's doing around the world? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, when I first got, um, when I just, really, I wasn't aware of, of what I call the issue. Mm-hmm. I, I was my wife and I were helping Eddie and Sarah Tut teach a class and I was preparing for a lesson, uh, one Sunday and it just kind of hit me. I was like, you know, I wonder where we're at with, um, with kind of in the business world, we call it brand penetration, you yeah. know, but like how, how saturated is Christianity around the world? I mean, mm-hmm. it's been over 2000 years yeah. and just kind of where are we at? And mm-hmm. so I started looking and to be honest with you, that's actually a hard piece of information to find, yeah. but through a lot of search and a lot of searching, I, I finally found it. The more I couldn't find it, the more I was intrigued. I was like, yeah. okay, this has to be out here. And I found resources like peoplegroups.org and yeah. um, a couple of other things. And, and when I saw how many people groups were out there, I was blown away. Yeah. I was just like, you gotta be kidding. I mean, mm-hmm we've been at this a long time. Like, how can this be right? So then I was thinking maybe the data was wrong and, and 
won't chase a rabbit, but I interrogated the data and it was, it, it, mm-hmm. the data is, the data is good. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, from there it was just, I mean, when you see that you have to do something about it. Yeah. And, um, you know, my wife and I, we were praying about, you know, should we be missionaries and, and mm-hmm. that's not the route God wanted us to go. But yeah. about that time, um, Wade, who's now with fam, mm-hmm. um, you know, based here, he had a heart and, and kind of a call for a people group in East Asia. Yeah. Uh, so my wife and I went on that initial uh, vision trip to go over there and, and, you know, I mean, just, just loved it. So that was, that's where that started. Mm-hmm. What year was that when you went on that trip? I'm the worst at keeping up with time, but that, that was probably seven years ago or so. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, you and I've had several conversations on, um, you know what, let me back up a second here um, a little bit. Tell me a little bit of, for each of you guys, a little bit of your specific work. I know um, when uh, you and I have sat down together, we've talked about a couple of different um, passions that you have, uh, about uh, new work that you were wanting to help get started and get self-sufficient in East Asia Tell me a little bit about that work, but then also you've done something very similar in the last maybe 18 months, two years uh, here locally, something very yeah, unique. Three and so, years. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about those two um, areas of yeah. ministry that you helped start up and, and then what have you learned through those things as well? Yeah. So primarily the, the biggest gift God has given me is just the ability to kind of see things differently and come up with solutions to problems. So Around 2016, I started seeing where in East Asia legislation was passing that would make it very difficult for um, M's in in those those areas to continue to function as they had. And, you know, and and what I see what I see is a trend out there is a lot of these these governments will find ways to cut off funding Mm -hmm. uh, to people trying to do the work in, in those areas. So it, it was a God thing on this particular one. I knew about that as an issue, but I was in Germany at a trade show, and I came across a, a trade booth of some guys from North Carolina that were selling a uh, particular agriculture product, and, and there was a demographic in East Asia that just had an unsatisfiable demand for that product. And hmm. I asked them, I was like, what are a bunch of guys from North Carolina doing in Germany at this trade show yeah. and they explained it to me. And so when, I mean, right then it hit me, I was like, you know what, this particular product, this would be an easy way to help provide access uh, for the guys that are working in those areas. So when I got home, I called up uh, a contact that, you know, that was we're familiar with here mm-hmm. at, at, at our church. And I mean, the kind of rest was history. Yeah. Wow. Um, so with that process, there are, there's a lot of things that you learn and there are some things that have been really hard and there's been some things that have been really exciting. Tell me about some of the wins and then some of the struggles over the last couple of years with that. And what are you, what have you learned along the way? Yeah. Um, do you want me to answer the question about F3 first? Um, yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah. All right. So, so F3 is the second one and been working on that about three years, but that one, is has less to do with me individually mm-hmm. um, than than really anything. But uh, F three is a nationwide 
network of guys and the whole the whole goal is just reinvigorating male leadership but it's really a way to bring people to christ and there's a lot of guys and if you go around and ask guys to come to church i mean you're gonna you'll hear no a lot for a lot of reasons yeah but for some reason when you ask guys to go meet you somewhere and work out with some friends and it's Mm -hmm. non-competitive and it's free and it's a fun environment and they they are interested in that so um, my business partner and another guy that works with us they were always telling me that we needed to bring F3 to Northwest Arkansas, and they live over in the uh, north of Atlanta, Georgia. And finally, I was in Atlanta one day, and I went to one of the workouts. And you get a nickname in F3, but one of the guys, uh, at the end of the workout, there's uh, a circle, and whoever's the sixth guy in in order has to come forward and kind of tell about himself. And this guy, his nickname's Garfield, and he shares a story that he used to be a the biggest pharmaceutical drug dealer in the North Atlanta area. Wow. He had never seen another man pray in mm. anywhere, uh, didn't know anything about the gospel, and he was lost. He was an alcoholic and, and wow. just in everything he didn't need to be into. A friend invited him to F3. First time he got to see a grown man pray. Um, he never wanted to go to a church, but when his friends that he works out with were going to have a Bible study, you know, he was okay with going and having breakfast, even though he didn't believe and he listened and that led to questions and he ended up giving his life to Christ. Mm. And when I heard his testimony, I was like, okay, now that's, that's worth doing. So, um, we all collectively started working on getting it set up and, and really and truly, I, the guys in this church were such a big help in that. I called every one of them I had phone numbers for and asked mm-hmm. them for the first workout, like, hey, can you please be here? Because if a bunch of you come, that'll jumpstart it. Mm-hmm. And that was three years ago, and now we have over 200 people involved in it. And wow. we have workouts every day of the week except for Wednesday and Sunday kind of all over the area. That's amazing. That's It's it's going better than I thought it, it yeah. was. I knew it was going well, but that is amazing. Yeah. Um, what's your nickname? Yazoo. Yazoo. All right. Oh, that's cool. That's where my wife's from, Yazoo City. So that's cool. They couldn't think of anything interesting to give me a nickname (laughs) for. So they said, where's your wife from? And I told them they were like, that's it. Yazoo. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so with your, uh, your work in East Asia and then with, uh, the F3 that you started here, just tell me some things that you're learning along the way, anything that was harder than you thought or any challenges along the way. Uh, yeah. What have you been learning? Different lessons on the different projects, but, um, you know, business, someone with a business background, working with people internationally that are, have a ministry background that, that required, uh, just a different kind of patience Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, That's, it's just, yeah. it's just a different, it's a completely different mindset. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, and it all starts too with being selfless and just realizing that any, anything I have, it's God's, I mean, it's just on loan to me. So Mm -hmm. whether it was funds, time or whatever, it was, you know, I mean, it's his to direct how, how he wanted it to be handled. Mm -hmm. Um, but just patience, trusting in God and, um, you know, through that whole process, I mean, it was really hard. We, I mean, we had one of our first guys that was really the champion of it. His, his father-in-law committed suicide, the same the day before we were going to sign our first contract on a big deal. And, and so there was a huge aspect of spiritual warfare involved in it. And so, uh, that project really, really pulls on your heart a lot because Mm -hmm. there's, there is so much real pain that comes along with the progress. Um, 
but you know amazing people committed to to the project and and mm-hmm. a lot of good work happened there we're kind of on the the back end of shutting that down we knew that wasn't going to last forever yeah. um but i truly believe that god's will was done and, yeah. and a lot of people made a lot of sacrifices to get it there yeah. um and f3 you know it's one of those things like a lot of days when we were out here and there might just be three guys and my dog mm-hmm. and it's, you know, 20 something degrees outside and we're working out outside. Wow. I mean that, you know, those are times when you really question like, man, am I really like, am I supposed to do this? Mm-hmm. But, you know, God never gave me a direction to stop. And so we just kept going, kept going. And, and, you know, and I mean, it just, it was like at some point it just ignited. Yeah. I love what you said there about uh, there were days where you just were questioning whether you ought to be doing this, but you you had heard God tell you to do it, but he had not told you to stop doing it. Right. And that's the importance of a calling. Yeah. Of knowing that God's prompted you to do something because there's always going to be obstacles and fears along the way. Ash and I have almost the exact same uh, testimony and story, uh, I would say, about we were in Colorado for eight and a half, almost nine years. And about five years into it, we had a similar conversation going through a, a, a hard season and the question was asked, you know, do we need to leave? And our conclusion was we remember God called us here, but we don't have any clarity that he's calling us away. It can be so easy to walk away or run away from uh, maybe what's happening around you. And so, man, that's a, that's a great word right there and a good lesson. Um, you know, Bob, let me ask you the same question. I know of your, um, your medical work here locally and, uh, in the Amazon, but I don't know kind of the bigger picture. You've done other things as well. Share with us a little bit about, um, both your work here locally and overseas. Yeah. Um, you know, our church has got the river of life medical clinic that Mm. we, uh, during these COVID days, we've not been able to do that. But, but prior to COVID, we would meet um, twice a month to provide free medical care to, uh, uh, to, to people who needed that. And, and that's been um, a really neat uh, group of people from our church, uh, mm-hmm. nurses and other doctors and pharmacists mm-hmm. and, and uh, s- some support people have come together to do that. Um, yeah, I've been on multiple short-term uh, international mission trips, uh, medical. Uh, most recently, we uh, our church is involved with Amazon Outreach, a uh, ministry that, that, that partners American groups, uh, teams in, with uh, uh, churches in Brazil that are mm-hmm. doing some outreach to um, some uh, the outskirts of the tributaries of the Amazon river. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, we get to go into, uh, communities where, where, um, the, the gospel has really not penetrated and, uh, kind of almost just the thing for a lot of just these medical missions that we do, this ministry calls us crowbar ministry. And so we are crowbars to get into these communities that are mm. closed otherwise to, to, to Christian work that's going on. Yeah. And uh, we give clout to these local missionaries. Um, uh, we're talking about people who live in Brazil and who are from Brazil, who are Brazilian people trying to reach their own people, mm-hmm. but they're not allowed into some of these places until they mm-hmm. get to show these communities that we're bringing you some doctors and some dentists and some free eyeglasses and some people who want to hang out with your kids. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, so th- those, those, those teams, those trips turn into 
Bible studies in these communities that didn't have them before and which eventually turn into to some churches that are being planted. And, mm-hmm. and so that's been really neat kind of seeing um, what's happening there these last, last few years that our church has been involved, in, involved there. Been on a few trips to Nicaragua and mm-hmm. uh, to some very, uh, we call them remote trips there, um, to, mm-hmm. to some um, remote villages that have got very little access to medical care and to the, to the church. And and uh, it's been, uh, and then prior to that, uh, many years ago, or it was after the the big um, earthquake in Haiti, uh, mm. we our church actually put together a real quick impromptu medical team um, that went to um, to Haiti two weeks after the earthquake wow. and, and provided some medical care and, and partnered with a local ministry that was going to take over on some things uh, after that and. Um, um, and then many a uh, little bit before that, we went to Thailand. Our, our church took uh, uh, several people to Thailand mm-hmm. to kind of help with the big big missions conference there. And, and we we staffed a, a medical clinic for about two thousand missionaries uh, while wow. we were there to to provide yeah. medical care to them and during their time. And uh, it's been really neat uh, seeing those things. I, I kind of don't know if this is the right place to say this, but. Um, you know, I've, at times we question the impact that we make on short-term trips. And um, I remember, uh, actually, this is another trip way back in high school and college that we went on to a Navajo Indian reservation. And mm-hmm. um, I was in medical school. I was uh, somehow interacting with a professor who used to work on the Navajo reservation. And she found out that I'd been there. And she said, what would you do? And I said, yeah, we went with a youth group. She said, oh, you were one of those people. <laughs> And I said, well, well, okay, what do you mean? And she, she said, I saw all these groups come in just one week at a time just to just to just come in and come out, and they got numbers to take home. And, and, I, and that kind of made me feel weird for a little bit. And, but uh, I've seen just the impact that these one-week trips can make. Yeah. Um, I've seen long-term relationships be built with people that we reached out to in these places. And, yeah. and I've seen... You know, people come to know Christ for the first time and get get partnered with that local church who took over. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen how how I've been changed through all these trips too. Yeah. And uh, so I think there's a lot of value in these short term trips, especially when we're partnering with some local partners who are using us as crowbars or yeah. as other as other facilitators for what they're doing. So we don't just go yeah. to these places as one time. I totally agree with you in and done type things there's there's ongoing work that mm-hmm. and, and i think you know there's there are trips that happen that aren't that aren't like that but mm-hmm. i think it's important that we evaluate that when we go on these trips and, and i'm proud that our church is is very intentional about mm-hmm. making sure that long-term things happen with where we go i like the word crowbar um and we're going to talk about it here in a minute just some adv- advantages of people leveraging their careers uh, it's not that it's better than career missionaries. You know, people who are called uh, to be missionaries over a long period of time, man, they have, you know, they're the heroes of the faith in a lot of ways, but uh, there's some advantages, and you're naming one of them. It's sometimes someone that's going on a business trip will have uh, greater advantages and open doors than a career missionary would, you know, in that same location having uh, those conversations. And and going back to the one-week thing, we used to tell teams that were coming into Colorado to help us, 
we'd have anywhere from 15 to sometimes 35, 45 people coming on a team. And the amount of work we would get done in a week would be more than I could get done in several months when we first got there. And, uh, and so those teams, we had 13 teams come in our very first summer, which partly was a mistake. That was a lot of work, but we got so much done, so many contacts, so many people for me to follow up with. It was incredible. And it would have taken me years to do that alone. Uh, but yet with these teams, they, they definitely helped us to get the ball further down the road in a very quick way. And so that this is a perfect transition. And, and Hayes, I want to begin it with you. We just named one, you know, kind of the crowbar effect. But what, what's our, what are some of the advantages of uh, individuals using their career, uh, joining in on God's work around the world? You know, what, what would you see as an advantage? I mean, there's a couple that come to mind right away. But one one is is there's just a lot more open doors whether it's uh, a doctor or a educational person or a business person or whatever especially in the international community um there's i mean there's a lot of walls put up for people trying to share the gospel today in yeah. countries and and i think the enemy is doing a great job of, of making that difficult yeah. so when you come in first under your profession, just yeah. being who you are, but yeah. also being evangelical, whether it's here or somewhere else, yeah. it's just, it's easier to meet people and mm-hmm. build relationships and, and that kind of thing. And instant credibility, and, you know, a lot of times when you're coming, you yeah, know. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I really think that's the, the biggest thing. It just, it, it, it really opens a lot of doors for you. Mm-hmm. That's good. Bob, can you think of, I mean, you've already named a good one, so, but uh, anything else you can add to that? What are, what are some advantages uh, when it comes to individuals using their profession to, uh, to join in on God's work around the world? Yeah, I'm not sure I have a whole lot more to add other than, than that, but uh, other than to say, you know, it, it kind of galvanizes me when I come back yeah. um, to, to help me realize that I can live my life here on mission yeah. and I don't like mm-hmm. I, like I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sometimes we just get into the routine, but when I go, I realize, wow, I'm, I'm using what I, what I do here to mm-hmm. help further God's kingdom over there. And, and, you know, I, it reminds me that I, I, sh- I can be doing that here too. And, yeah. and all, and, and I think that goes along with, you know, any, any career um, mm-hmm. that, that, that we can, helps us see a vision for how we can do that while we're here too. Yep. And that's part of the thing that we get the takeaway from when we go on a trip and we see God at work, it's just natural to think I could be doing the same thing in my own neighborhood or, uh, in my own office, you know, uh, one thing that I, uh, I've talked to, to Steve Ellis about over the last few weeks, uh, as he's coming on, we both have, uh, you know, the same heart. He's got the career missions background, uh, mine and church planting, but uh, it's fun to be able to hear his heart and us to dream together of partnering in certain pockets of the world in sending doctors over to this area or to this city and, uh, and meeting other doctors and collaborating together and then taking businessmen to the same area. And think of uh, the work that the Christians can do in Northwest Arkansas. If Northwest Arkansas adopted a city somewhere else and 
And yet uh, there's intentionality with that. I just think would be amazing to see how God might be able to transform an area with the relational contacts that are there. And so I'm excited uh, that God's brought him to our church and I just told him, hey, I'm going to be your best friend, whatever you need from me. Uh, I would I would love to help you out. And I see guys like you, both of you guys, and, and the work that you're already doing and the way that you're already modeling it, uh, that could be a big asset to, to what we would love to see happen in the future. Uh, what advice, this is going to be our last question as we close out our time, and I'd love for you both to, to answer this question. Um, and I'll start with you, Bob, this time. But what, what advice would you give to someone watching today that has not yet gone on a mission trip? Uh, at this time, when this airs, our uh, global impact celebration will have wrapped up. This is going to happen. This is going to be airing the week afterwards. But uh, maybe someone went through that week and got open their eyes, but they're they're hesitant to take that first step to go on a trip. What would you What would you say to someone like that? Go. Mm-hmm. I'll say more, but I mean, go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there's so many opportunities that our church has, and mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons that, like I said, just drew us to this church. And and uh, you got you got opportunities to go on short term trips um, yeah. uh, locally, nationally, and internationally. And and I've gotten to meet so many people in our church through these trips, and gotten so close to so many people in our church, and. Yeah. And um, people who've gone for the first time, who've never gone before, who were scared to death. Um, uh, But I have have never seen anyone on any of these trips that went with us who didn't have a place, who didn't have something to do. You don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a a businessman. Um, Whatever walk of life you come from, if you've made yourself available to God, yeah. how, how every one of these trips, everyone's had a place. And there's, there's been times that we needed that person in that place. And, you know, we, th- we've been in, in remote Nicaragua needing to have an engine fixed and we had a mechanic with us wow. and mm-hmm. we we've been, uh, you know, just so many stories like that of how God's going to use whatever you have to, to, to do that. And, and it's going to open your, it's going to open your eyes to what he's doing around this world, help you realize that, that the gospel is for everyone and not just for us. And, um, you know, the, the warning is that I've seen multiple people be called to career yeah. ministry through these experiences. So, yeah. so, so watch out if you come, you may <laughs> get the bug and kind of get, get stuck with it. Yeah. But, uh, um, but yeah, there's just, just take advantage. And, and yeah, I know some, not everyone can go, um, mm-hmm. but you can pray, you can give, you can support, and uh, so many of these trips I've been on and my kids have been on, and it, it, we've just had the support from, from our church. And, mm-hmm. and so may we continue to be that church that, 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 that sends and that has that vision and that supports and does everything. Amen. Yeah. Hey, is there anything else to add to that? Yeah, really three things. Um, you know, one is just acknowledging and accepting responsibility yeah. for sharing our testimony. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's whether it's here or somewhere else. Yeah. Um, there's only, I mean, just take our church. There's a handful of staff people. Mm-hmm. There's over half a million people in, in Northwest Arkansas. And on any given Sunday, we got about 3,000 people in the service. Yeah. So it's really the congregation's responsibility yeah. to bring people to Christ. Yeah. And and so we've got to accept and acknowledge responsibility. And, you know, the next one is, is just, just pray for the opportunities, mm-hmm. you know. Um, pray for the opportunities and, and, and be prepared. Uh, just to give your testimony. I mean, that's that's all you just one little piece. That's all it takes. Or or ask somebody if you can pray for them. And um, and then the last part of that is is just 
understand and accept how how powerful the Holy Spirit is yeah. in that process. And it's really not anything that we are going to do that's going to bring anybody to the Lord. Um, but, you know, we're in a remote village in East Asia, and we prayed to meet the person of peace, and we park in some just like weird spot off a road. And literally this elderly guy comes by and says, have y'all eaten yet? Hmm. And it's like six foreigners and, wow. and, and all, you know, Caucasian foreigners <laughs> in, in a, in a East Asia place. Yep. And we go to the guy's house and we share with him who we are. And, and then that he invites us to the village. And I sent you a picture of this girl from this, but we go to the village and then this, this lady asked us to come to her house and, and in these places, the grandparents kind of mm-hmm. raise the kids. And this young girl's there, and, and so she's hearing the story of, of how much God loves us and what he was willing to do for us mm-hmm. and the story of Christ. And she says, I want to believe that. And her grandmother gets scared and says, hey, you know, y'all, y'all need to stop here. I'm worried about this. We find out later, later on the next year a group of uh, East Asian students came through the area and the girl shared with them that she was a believer and they gave her her first Bible. Wow. And, but she was the first believer in that area. That's so cool. And, and so, you know, but if it's, if it's just sharing, you know, your testimony or your faith with some, with an Uber driver or the guy sitting beside you on an airplane, whatever it is, you never know what that leads to. And it's not our responsibility to close the deal, as business people say. It's just trust God, ask for the opportunities, and trust God to give you the words and everything will go like it's supposed to. Absolutely. When I look through Scripture, you see over and over again kind of a reluctant individual that God calls out, you know, to step out in faith. You think of Moses uh, and his original calling at the burning bush and and his reluctant. It's almost humorous how reluctant he was to take take on that role. And uh, and then I look at the disciples, you know, and uh, and how Jesus uh, in an amazing way, he could see the potential in very ordinary people and the extraordinary things that God does through ordinary people, whether it's a fisherman, tax collectors, you and me, uh, it's it's awesome to see uh, what God does. And, and that's really the makeup of the church. Uh, there's not a superstar at First Baptist Rogers, but there's a, a lot of people who um, have said yes, you know, yes to God. And, and even in fear and trepidation, and, and so that's, I would say the same things that you guys have said, you know, just lean into it. Don't run away from uh, that fear or hesitancy, but really just uh, trust that God's going to do the work and because uh, he's the only one that can and, uh, and you will come out better for it and you'll come out inspired from it. Uh, you guys will see it in a couple of weeks, but uh, this morning we got to interview uh, the Johnson family, Betsy and Kendall. And one thing that I thought was so cool is how Kendall went in 2018 on his very first mission trip to the Amazon. And when he came back, uh, Betsy was sharing this, that she just had tears in her eyes. She saw a changed man. Her husband was changed by that trip. And he had never gone on a trip like that before. He hesitated in going in the first place, but he came back with a different perspective of, of what God's doing and she longed to go and experience what he experienced. And, uh, and that's the Christian story. We have treasures in jars of clay. We've experienced something that sometimes we can't even explain very well. And, uh, but hopefully other people will catch it. And when they do, their lives will be changed as well. And so that's, 
that's what we long for is for others to experience uh, the gospel, experience that, that same thing. So if you're watching tonight, one, we want to thank you for watching. And we don't do this uh, just because because uh, we love it. We, we do this because we're hoping that somebody's watching uh, where God's been tugging on their heart to either make a next step in their faith journey uh, or whether it's taking their first mission trip. And so if that's you, we just want to encourage you to respond to whatever that is. If God's tugging on your heart and inviting you into relationship with him, then I just would encourage you, don't hesitate, respond. And uh, it's it's really the simplest thing you can do. It's almost unbelievable uh, what God has done for us. He's done all the work. And, uh, and if you want a relationship with him, uh, simply just say, God, I know you love me and I've made a mess of my life trying to do it my own way. Forgive me my sins, come into my life. And, uh, and I want to commit my life to you. And, uh, and when we begin a conversation with him, with that, uh, it's amazing what he'll reveal to us, um, as well. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Others of you just take a step of faith. It may be simply just serving, uh, somewhere in your local church or taking that step and going on a trip. But I promise you, if you'll step out of your comfort zone, that's where you will find God working and where he'll work in your life as well. So thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed today's content, I want to encourage you to share it with somebody that might be encouraged or challenged by it. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and um, and engage us in the future with our future content. Uh, Bob Hayes, thank you guys for joining us tonight. And I'm excited to run that race with you guys in the months and the, and the days ahead. God bless you guys and have a great day.